Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Story time. My girlfriend and I are renting a cabin in West Virginia. On Thursday... A nasty ice storm came through and knocked. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Out the power. It has been out ever since. The whole county is dark and will be for a while. The animals are acting bold. Last night my girlfriend and I walked out to the end of the long driveway to get something out of the car. Her dog started staring at the edge of the field and went towards it. He is young, and so he gets distracted and does sometimes wander. He doesn't run away, 
but you will look up and see him behind the house or something. Anyway my girlfriend runs to him and starts to bring him back, when I spot something at the edge of the field. It's what the dog was looking at. I see it run across the road and into the field. It was very low to the ground and pale in color. It's too fast and dark to make out what it is. I assume it's a coyote. So I call out to her hey Therese something over there get back here and she walks back over to me by the car. From there we hold the light and shine it over that direction. I see its eyes looking at us. Then I see more sets of eyes. Probably about seven in total. They are shifting up and below the hill in the field. Hiding and peeking out to see us. At this point, we still think it's coyotes. So I keep the light on them while she gets what she needs from the car. The thing is, I kept my light and my eyes on them the whole time, and they seemed to stand up. Suddenly their eye shine would rise up as if they stood up on their back legs. Their eyes went from about 1 to 2 feet off the ground to easily 5 to 6 feet. I did not mention this to her and I just said coyotes, let's go inside. Throughout the night, we would have to go outside to put gas in the generator, as the power was still off. She held the flashlight and I filled up the generator. She is shining the light around, keeping an eye out for anything, as well as keeping the dog with us. She spots two sets of eyes about 100 yards away at the bottom of the big hill that the house sits on. She says something's down there. I say coyotes or deer? She says whatever it is it just doubled in size. And sure enough, I look, and these things are rising up and back down like the ones earlier. We have coyotes here. Everything about these events screams coyote to me, but I cannot fathom how they stood up like that. I saw it run across the road. And though I did not get a good look at it, it was not a deer. It was fast and low to the ground. It did not bound and jump like the deer do. I've been thinking about it all day. Like it had to be a coyote, but then how did it get so tall? When I was about 7 or 8, I had a disturbing encounter with some kind of creature or entity. I lived in the Appalachian Mountain Range of Pennsylvania. It was November, around when daylight saving time occurred. I remember it was supposed to be a school day, but since the snow was so heavy, the buses were not able to drive out in the morning so school was cancelled for a snow day. I was so excited to spend the rest of the day outside in the snow. We had an acre of property, going quite far back into the woods. I was walking deep into the forest, to a small frozen pond past my property line. All of the sudden, the woods went dead silent. No birds, no wildlife scurrying around, absolutely nothing. I remember thinking it was strange, but kept walking to make it to the pond. I should have turned around right then and there, but was just a naive little kid. After I reached the pond, everything was still completely silent, and the hairs on the back of my neck felt like they were rising. I started to get frightened, but I didn't know why, I felt like something really bad was going to happen to me if I didn't leave at that moment, so I decided to run back home. As I arrived to my backyard, I realized it was so late, and the sun was actually setting. My mom came running outside asking where I was literally all day, and to never ever disappear like that ever again. None of this made sense to me, because I had only been outside for about 20 minutes. 
I left my house with my snow gear on at around 10 a.m., right after getting the snow day call. It was now almost 8 p.m., meaning I had been gone for around 10 hours. I have no idea what happened and how I had been gone for such a long period of time. I remember only being out there for such a short period of time. I don't know if this was a skinwalker encounter, or even a Wendigo encounter. Has anyone else had this happen to them? Was it some kind of creature? I didn't see anything at all while out there. I didn't lose track of time, and I didn't fall and hit my head or anything. What do you think happened? Please let me know in the comments. On September 12, 2015, while I was standing in the middle of my front yard waiting for my family to exit the van. To my right at 3 o'clock comes what looked like a jet black version of the Jack Skellington animated character, except the head looked like your typical grey alien head. It came from the side of my neighbor's yard. There's a cement path that winds down into a fountain with surrounding benches and opens up into a playground, garden, and shed area. Up the cement path comes the black stick man, and marches across the lawn very swiftly, going about twice as fast as a human would walk and its height was over 7 feet tall. It came across the street under the street light, onto my parents' gravel driveway, and passed on the far side of the van, then it continued straight down the gravel driveway and onto the side of our house. I got the impression it was very strong physically. When it had gone behind the gate, the doors to the van were opening and my sister was the first one out. I shouted, did you see that? And she said, it was all black. This confirmed my sighting. The only thing we could do was make sure our doors were locked. I haven't seen or heard anything since this incident. I saw a lot of weird stuff as a kid. One of the things was this long, super thin two-jointed black robotic-like arm that would jut out from behind a certain road sign. On our routine weekend drive to the shore to visit my grandpa when he was still alive, we would come to a turn in the road, right before we made a left onto a street. I saw a long, thin insect-like, robotic-like arm come out from behind the street sign and make a grab for our vehicle. It shocked me. The next several times we went to visit him though, nothing happened. One day when I was in my early teens, I saw the exact same thing again coming out from behind the same road sign. Freaky and pointless but still made me question my reality. This has been something that I have always thought about, ever since the day it happened. I only recently learned about skinwalkers, and maybe this doesn't exactly tick all of the boxes for a skinwalker, but here goes. I was 11. My family and our friends got together to go camping at Lake Truman as we did every year. The other kids and I always stayed up late, and on this particular night we were out even later as there was a full moon which lit up the empty campgrounds. We had been playing hide and seek. I ran into a large clearing of grass and was looking for somewhere to hide when I heard running on the grass towards me. I was instantly filled with absolute terror and seconds later heard a growl. A large black dog, or something similarly shaped, was suddenly visible about 30 feet away, it stopped to look at me for one second before it came running at me. I don't think I have ever been so scared. I couldn't even shriek, I just froze. 
maybe a yard in front of me, and I couldn't place exactly when or see the change in shape or anything. It was my childhood friend, Mason. He continued the dog's path towards me, got right in my face, which was seriously abnormal for him, and just looked me in the eye in a really threatening way before just continuing past. I didn't even look back at him. I was terrified. I ran straight to the campers to find Mason sat talking to our moms. I spat out that he scared me and demanded to know why he'd have done that. I was in tears. All of the adults insisted that he had been there the whole time, and logically, there is simply no way he could have made it back before me. It's something that stuck with me that I just can't explain away. I wanted to share something I experienced in 2018 which, after reading some of the descriptions here, made me think posting would be a good idea. Maybe someone can comment on whether this fits the profile or not. This happened in Urbana, Illinois during spring 2018 around 8 p.m. I was driving an SUV through a residential area, 30 miles per hour, with moderate street lighting. I was coming back home from grocery shopping and turned a corner into the usual street. After driving one block, I saw something similar to a large, white silver dog figure suddenly run towards the right front wheel of my vehicle. I gauged its size to be substantially larger than that of a German Shepherd, with an unusually bright hide. I braked quickly in fear of having run over it. Within seconds, I got off the car and performed a quick check. No signs of any injured animal, no nearby rustling into an unkempt garden next to where it all happened, no animal crossing the road. This took less than 5 seconds. Then I paused and saw the same figure 2 blocks away from where I was, looking at me intensely for about 30 seconds. I looked back to the tire in my vehicle an instant, and it was suddenly gone when I checked again. All happened in less than a minute. After this, I drove around several blocks without signs of any dog or similar animal nearby for about 10 minutes. Estimating the distance and time between events, I am certain that it is not feasible for a dog, much less such a large one, to run that quickly that distance, particularly without seeing it under street lighting. Two of my friends and I were driving on a desolate back road at night. We were jamming to music and talking, everything was normal. I was driving, my friend Hannah was in the passenger seat DJing and our friend Chris was in the back seat behind me. Hannah was trying to pull up a song on YouTube that wasn't on Spotify, so it was silent for a bit while she was waiting on the website to load but Chris and I were still talking. We came up on a small animal in the road and I didn't think anything of it. Well, I expected the animal to move pretty quickly once it saw us coming down the road, but it didn't. As I got closer, I slowed down to let the animal have enough time to run off but it still stayed very still. It almost looked frozen. The closer I got, I could make out that it looked like some kind of cat. The only thing was, it didn't look like any sort of cat I've ever seen. It looked like it had fur, but the fur was flesh-colored. Its ears were very small, almost like a kitten's, even though it was only a tiny bit bigger than an adult house cat. It was laying in a way that looked like the Sphinx, facing us. The scariest thing about it though, was its eyes. 
Not to sound overdramatic, but its eyes literally looked like the pits of hell were burning inside of them. They were reddish-orangish and had twinkles of yellow in them that reflected off the headlights. The whole car was silent, and I just stared ahead. This cat scared the shit out of me, and it still wasn't moving. I felt a huge pit in my stomach and began having intense anxiety. It was almost like I was frozen. But I was not about to stop to figure out what this cat was. At this point I had to steer around a bit to pass it without hitting it. I was probably three inches away from touching this thing, and as I slowly crept by it I watched it through the window the entire time. It. Did. Not. Flinch. And the eyes still had that same glow even without my headlights directly on it. After we passed it, about five seconds later Chris yells, what the F was that? I immediately start freaking out shouting, I don't know. Hannah looks up from her phone and says, panicked, what? What did y'all see? She looked behind us and kept asking. We explained what happened and she said, I didn't see anything behind us. Chris and I looked back and sure enough, it was gone. We drove up the road to a church and turned around in the parking lot. We wanted to get back to Hannah's as soon as possible. When we got back we rushed in and told her mom what we saw, but we didn't mention that it looked like a cat. We described it as a small animal. Her mother stops for a minute and says, was it a cat? We were blown away. We told her that it was and she said that her and a cousin came across the same exact thing when they were teens, only it was in a different area and they saw it peeking out of bushes. She still to this day doesn't know what it was and she said that she thinks about it from time to time, even after 30 years. So I guess I want to know a few things. What was this thing? It didn't look like a bobcat, mountain lion, or fox. Is it a demon, skinwalker, wendigo, an unknown Appalachian creature? I've heard all of the legends regarding the woods at night, don't look up in the trees, don't respond if your mother calls your name, etc., but everyone I've told either tells me it was probably a scared bobcat or that they've never heard of that before. So, if anyone made it this far and has some answers, I would gladly appreciate them. When I was about 10 or 9 years old I was at my town's Christmas gathering with my friend. Me and her went over to hang out at the graveyard right next to where the main gathering was. We were sitting at this cobblestone wall and talking. While we were talking there was this creature that looked at us from behind one of the bigger gravestones. It was humanoid in shape, kinda hard to see in the snow but I remember it had a bit of a bulbous head. It looked at us for a second or two before hiding back behind the stone. My friend had also seen it and we ran back to the group. I would think about this on and off for years since then. Yesterday me and some friends were talking about monsters and I was looking through some of the creatures from my state, Massachusetts, and I saw it. I don't know much about the Dover demon but from what I've seen of the drawings, that is definitely what I saw that day. I don't know I just wanted to share this I thought that it was pretty cool. My experience happened in late June 2019. The location was Governor Dick Park which is located in southern Lebanon County. I live in a town called Lidditz which is only about a 25 minute drive away in neighboring Lancaster County. 
It is a major residential hub for those folks who work and commute in Philadelphia. It is only a little over an hour's drive away from here. The girl I was dating at the time wanted to go for a hike at the park. It was a Saturday morning so we went. It was quite hot out, easily into the 90s, however, we made our way up the main trail toward the top of a couple of trails. Some are for foot traffic and others are for horses. There's another trail that is for mountain bikes. As we hike up toward the top of the hill, Mount Gretna, there's a decent-sized tree that was bent over the trail and wedged into another tree on the opposite side. There were several folks gathered there in awe of it. I had been interested in Bigfoot for some time and knew about tree bends. This wasn't caused by the weight of the snow. The bark, right where it was bent, was twisted off and the branches of it were wedged into the branches of the trees on the opposite side of the trail. I wasn't at the peak of the hill and the tree wasn't facing the prevailing winds in the area. We continued to hike to the top of the mountain. We reached the tall watchtower and climbed the steps to the top. Now, I have PTSD from an event that I won't get into here, so I want to describe how climbing the top of this involves climbing short ladders that are enclosed in a concrete tunnel. When you get to the top you have to step off to the side and grab the next ladder climb. These are tight quarters with an escape out. The intense heat could trigger uneasy feelings. We reached the top. I took in the beautiful view, but quickly, and then we descended back down to ground level. When we got to the bottom there was an open area away from the structure which opened up to the top of the hollow. So I walked over there with her to get a breather and have a cigarette. Just as I approached the crest of the ridge, where I could look down to the hollow, I heard what sounded like a very large man let out a guttural raw groan. I've enough time in the woods to be able to gauge sounds. The issue was a man sounded that loud from that distance as if he were only five yards from me. The entire area is choked with mountain laurels and briars so no human would have been there. I didn't say a word to my girlfriend and she didn't say a word to me about the sound. I only said, come on, let's go get some lunch. We headed back down the main trail. I've never felt more naked and vulnerable. She talked about some mundane stuff which I occasionally responded to, I wasn't really listening to her and was only focused on the hollow on her right from where that sound came. When we hit the last stretch of the trail where it sort of bottomed out and became flat again I happened to look down and saw a stack of large smooth rocks stacked neatly on the top edge of the trail. These rocks weren't there when we walked up and they weren't native to that area. Rocks that you find on the typical forest trail have edges, but these rocks were completely smooth and looked like they came from a creek. I recognized the stacked rocks as a recognition of me heeding the beast's verbal warnings. We reached our lunch destination. When I brought up the sounds, my girlfriend admitted hearing what I heard but had no idea what it was. I filled her in on my thoughts of the incident and, needless to say, she was skeptical but in an uneasy way. During the summer of 1994, my husband and I purchased a newly built home in a Sacramento Valley, California subdivision. We moved in with our four-year-old son and our soon-to-arrive baby daughter. The house was located at the end of the street with a lot of undeveloped land behind us. Our son adjusted quickly, and he made many new friends. 
The neighborhood kids played on the street since there was no traffic during the day while most people were at work. Unfortunately, my husband was not able to find a job in Sacramento right away. He would stay with his mom back in the Bay Area during the work week and then he would drive back to the valley to check in on us. That's when we would do our grocery shopping and other errands at that time. We only had one car and I was left stranded until he was back for the weekend. On a particular Monday, after he left early for his commute to work, I felt uneasy and scared, but I didn't know why. I decided to go back to our bedroom and lay down. I soon fell asleep, but I had a horrible nightmare. I dreamt that our son was missing and that we were running to different streets looking for him and calling out his name. I woke up suddenly and was relieved that it was just a horrible dream and my boy was fast asleep next to me. The baby was still in her bassinet next to the bed. I turned over on my side facing the bassinet and noticed a bright light coming in between the window blinds. I thought out loud, is it morning already? The light was coming in between the blinds and it was so bright, but the rest of the room was dark. There was also... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So a bright light on the wall next to the window and I looked up to see where the light was coming from. To my horror, just above the bassinet, was an alien gray's face. It was just the head, no upper body, legs, or arms. The head was dark in color, very round, ending in a pointed chin and there was a small slit for a mouth. The nostrils were small, but the eyes were large and almond-shaped and very shiny black. It had some sort of glass lamp on the top of its head. The light on the wall was projected from the lamp. Then I noticed that the being was looking down at my baby daughter. Oh my God. I couldn't speak. My heart started pounding so hard that I started trembling uncontrollably. It saw me and realized I was looking at it. The being moved toward me and I started screaming and swinging my arms. I remember that I screamed out loud for it to leave. It floated from its original position above the bassinet to just above my face. I remember seeing this light blue fog build up in front of my face and then, in a dreamlike manner, I heard a cooing sound, similar to morning doves. I had the feeling that whoever was talking to me was stern and was telling me that it was for our own good. Then I woke up. It was still dark out, but it was around 6am and the blankets were perfectly made around the bed like nothing had happened. Everything was still. My son was asleep next to me and the baby was in her bassinet. I got out of bed and turned all the lights on in the bedroom. Then I walked through the house and turned on every light I could in order to check each room and closet. I checked the locks on all the doors, the lock on the backyard sliding glass door, and all of the windows were latched. Nothing had been tampered with. I decided to go to the bathroom and shower. When I was washing my hair I felt a sore spot on the top of my head. There was no blood or swelling bump, but it was very sore. I got dressed and walked to the kitchen. 
I made some coffee, then sat at the counter while trying to make sense of all those events I perceived. I thought about the nightmare that I had woken up from and how relieved I had felt that it had just been a bad dream. But then that being was there and I couldn't decide if it had been another bad dream or if that second part was actually real. It didn't make sense. My son was up at 9am and I kept checking in on the baby. She continued sleeping, which I thought was strange. She should have been up to nurse hours earlier. I called my sister and told her about my dream. I started crying because it seemed like it had been real. But I kept thinking that it couldn't be real. I checked on the baby. She seemed fine. There was no fever or anything other problem. She did not wake up to nurse until 2 p.m. that afternoon. By then I was sore and engorged with milk. As the day progressed I became anxious and before it was evening I again called my sister asking if she could come over and pick us up. I didn't want to be there alone with the kids at night. She drove over and took us to her apartment. My sister wasn't sure what to make of this whole situation. I called my husband and told him about my bad dream but he thought it was just stress from being left alone so many nights and taking care of the kids. He picked us up from my sister's place and drove us back to our house that evening. I tried to go about my normal routine of making dinner, bathing the kids before bed, and watching a movie. It was soon time for me and my husband to go to bed, so I put both kids in the bed between us. I was terrified that it would come back that I would wake up and that face would be there looking back at me. My husband continued to commute for another six months, so I was still alone in the evening. That was the worst part for weeks. Every night I would stay up just until I could see daylight before I felt safe enough to fall asleep. I would leave the TV and the bedroom lights on and fight sleep until I would see the early sunlight peek through the windows. I went on like this for three years. My husband would just tell me that it had been a bad dream. But after a few months, he didn't like for me to talk about it. My daughter was only three months old when this happened she doesn't have any strange scars or ill effects from the experience. But, I know that it was not a dream in regard to the encounter with the alien being. I just pray that it never happens again. But, for some unexplained reason, I believe that it will. I feel that my children and I are destined to have more encounters during our lives. The fear of the unknown is more frightening than the actual experience. I grew up in southern Georgia in the woods and swamps hunting and hanging daily. Fast forward 20 years. I'm on my lease hunting property near Whitmire, South Carolina. I found it strange that the old guys in the club would never ever hunt alone in these woods. I normally carry a 30 6 rifle while in the woods. One evening it was getting late, 20 minutes or so maybe before dark. I'm watching some small ponds, sitting over a road in the tall pines. I'm in my climber maybe 10 feet or so up in the tree. I love the woods but hate heights. The woods are loud, but then very quiet. Okay. I thought. I was just hoping for a big buck. The next thing I hear is someone walking towards me in the small pines, but then they just stop. It's getting really dark. I start hearing deep groans where the walking had stopped. I'm thinking that it was a bear or a cat which would be very uncommon in this area. A big cat, maybe. But bears this far south is not normal. 
It gets very quiet again. I could see the small road well in the moonlight. The next thing I hear the groans are immediately under me, almost beside me. Now the groans are becoming growls. Also, the odor was a bit overwhelming, just like a dead animal in the woods. I thought that a stinky animal was climbing on my tree and felt like I was going to be grabbed. I started moving a bit, trying to get my gun pointed down and lifting my feet. I was shaking because I was freaking scared. I could hear heavy breaths. I started yelling down, if you're a club member trespassing I don't care. Just identify yourself or I'm gonna freaking start shooting. I thought someone was trying to get at me in the tree stand. I never heard another sound and the foul odor was gone. I put my gun on my back and started slowly climbing down the tree. No more than two or three steps down the tree I smelled that awful odor again. Then I heard a low groan. T was right in front of my face, but it was so dark that I saw nothing. It scared me so bad I stood up and jumped into the dark in the other direction. When I hit the ground I rolled around, jumped to my feet, and ran down to the road. I ran as hard as I could to the gravel road where I could see well in the moonlight. At this time I remembered that my buddy was down at the bottom of the road in the small pines where I put him in a big box stand. I didn't see his light, so I had to run down that road to get to the bottom by the rivers he was down by the rivers. When I ran up to him he said, man, there's some weird SHT going down. We need to go. We slowly walked together back up toward the gravel road. I heard someone walking on both sides of us all the way. I think my buddy was hearing it too. We didn't speak during the entire walk, maybe five to six hundred yards, for some reason. I didn't feel my gun was going to help. I had hollered earlier threatening to shoot and whoever this was, they weren't scared. When we got to the gravel road, the entire atmosphere had changed. It was almost 11 o'clock at night by then. My buddy didn't talk much. We went back to camp and had some food. We went to bed. I could hear him rolling around all night and I didn't sleep a wink. This year I've been riding in a car with some friends around midnight in a very rural area in Central Europe. It was a narrow street with a corn field to our left and a forest to our right. When we passed a sharp turn in the street we noticed that there was a pale white animal that ran into the cornfield. Unfortunately we were only able to catch the legs and a bit of the animal's torso because of the turn. It was looking strong, had white fur and was pretty tall. From what I can remember it looked like it must have another set of legs in the front part of its body because of the creature's posture. I unfortunately don't remember if it had a tail or not. Needless to say we were all wondering what kind of animal that was. It was something we've never seen before. My first guess would be a deer with albinism because they're really common here but I do think that that creature must have been bigger than a deer would be and it did not look familiar to me at all. So, I've been wondering if there's any cryptid that fits this description. We had been up on Hooper's bald trailhead, with the intent of stargazing, however it was unusually warm this year, end of October 2019, thick fog rolled in around 9pm and we eventually gave up around 11pm, sat and talked to an older couple who had pulled off to spend the night due to the fog, 
and we eventually left at maybe 1 a.m. from the Hooper Bald Overlook parking area. We made our way back down slowly until the scenic overlook at Chute Cove and by the time we got there at maybe 1.30 to 2 a.m. the fog and most of the clouds had subsided. There is a little parking lot at this overlook that holds maybe seven cars, and a field the size of a soccer pitch separating you from the tree line with some picnic tables dotted around. We pulled up, got out the car cutting it off and its lights, and set up our tripods, cameras and lenses to take some photos of the stars and try and catch some of the Milky Way if possible, on long exposure. We were about 15 to 20 photos in, each exposure being about 30 seconds or so. In this time, no cars passed, no owls hooted, no foxes screamed bloody murder. Only the faint sounds of some bugs, and the occasional bat fluttering about. Later on it was eventually deathly quiet no sounds not bugs chirping, nor bats fluttering around, not even leaves rustling in the wind. It was eerie to say the least. I got to feeling a little uneasy, I can't pinpoint why, but I was getting a fluttery feeling in my chest. We kept taking pictures for a few minutes longer, but as time went on we could hear some things going on in the woods. Namely what I could best describe as either stones being tossed, or shuffling in the tree line. I ignored this for maybe 5 minutes or so, and to me it sounded like it was at our 10 and our 2 relative to where we were. There was also an occasional wood on wood sound, but not like that of branches falling, it was repetitive and slow and only one hit, unlike a branch that would hit a lot on its way down. After what sounded like a branch snapping to our 9 or 10 o'clock my fiancé just said did you hear that? I said quietly yes. Was that the first one you heard? And they responded back no, we need to leave. We had both been scanning at the tree line, but unable to see any direct movement. It spooked us both so bad we packed up the cameras, and walked backwards to the car, never turning our backs to the direction of the sounds. We opened the doors, tossed our crap in the back seat, got in, and locked the doors basically as soon as we reached the car. We sat in it for about two to three minutes after cranking it up and turning on the lights, but never saw anything. I am a fairly avid hiker and primitive or semi-primitive camper, and run across deer, bear, and even maybe the occasional wild dog or coyote but nothing has ever just given me the willies before. It was uncanny, and unnerving. My fiancé said it was like they just had the primal urge to run, like we were being hunted, or stalked. I have the same feeling like something was there, or a small group of somethings and they were closing in. By the time we got in the car, I felt like we were prey. We never saw anything, no animal, no creature, no glint of eyes in the tree line, I would like to think we did not get scared of nothing, but who knows late at night where we can't see or hear well what tricks our mind plays. I chatted with them before posting this to make sure I recalled it the same way. We had not spoken of it since that trip, but we both have the same impression of the encounter. We both feel like there was at least two things starting to flank us, and that we were prey in my words or hunted in theirs. I am not really sure if there are any local lore, or creatures of the wood in this area from native tales that would fit this. I am insanely skeptical on all matters of cryptids, but this was just bizarre. Bear don't really do much in groups, 
wild canines like wolves and coyotes don't usually flank humans and I doubt any normal group animal would cross an open field without any cover. The night was dark and cloudy, with only the faint light of the moon peeking through the thick canopy of trees. As I walked along the deserted road on my way home from the local market, I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. I quickened my pace, my heart pounding in my chest. Just as I was about to break into a run, I heard a rustling in the trees above me. I looked up and gasped in shock as I saw a pair of glowing red eyes staring down at me. The creature that emerged from the shadows was unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was tall and lanky, with wings like a moth and a face that was a twisted mix of human and insect. I stood frozen in fear, unable to move as the creature advanced on me. It hissed and clicked its mandibles, its eyes burning with an otherworldly intelligence. Just when I thought it was going to attack, the being suddenly turned and flew off into the night. I was left shaken and confused, but also strangely exhilarated. I had just had a close encounter with the legendary Mothman, and I knew that my life would never be the same again. As the sun began to set, a little girl named Sarah crept out of her bedroom window and into the cool evening air. She had always been fascinated by the stars and longed to see them up close. As she tiptoed through the backyard, Sarah's heart pounded with excitement. She had never snuck out at night before, and the thrill of adventure made her feel alive. As she reached the edge of the yard, she heard a rustling in the bushes. She froze, fear gripping her chest. But then, a friendly voice spoke up. Don't be afraid, little one. I'm Mothman, and I'm here to help you see the stars. Sarah slowly turned to see a tall, dark creature with glowing red eyes and wings like a moth's. She was both scared and curious. What are you? She asked. I'm Mothman, like I said. I've been watching you for a while, and I could see how much you love the stars. I want to help you see them up close, the creature replied. Sarah was hesitant, but the Mothman's kind eyes and gentle voice convinced her to trust him. He lifted her up with his strong arms and flew her high into the sky. As they soared above the city, Sarah's breath was taken away by the beauty of the stars. They twinkled and sparkled like diamonds, and she felt like she was floating on a cloud. The Mothman showed her constellations and explained the stories behind them. Sarah was entranced, and she couldn't believe the magical experience she was having. When it was time to go back home, the Mothman gently placed Sarah back on the ground. She thanked him profusely, and he smiled. You're welcome, little one. I'm glad I could help you see the stars. And remember, no matter where you are, the stars will always be there to guide you, he said before disappearing into the night. Sarah went back to her bedroom with a newfound appreciation for the beauty of the stars, and she knew she would never forget the magical encounter with the friendly Mothman. When I was younger, I took a trip to northern Manitoba. Back in the day, I was a huge fan of snowshoeing and this was around Flin Flon. Of course, being alone in the wild for hours away from another soul isn't the smartest thing to do, especially when one doesn't have cell service. 
I'll always remember that day, the sky was gray, it was snowing, and it was cold. It's a time that I will never forget as it was one where I heard the cries of what wasn't that of a bear or a wolf. It was something that I can't describe, but what it did was send a shiver down my spine. The feeling of being watched from the trees by God only knows what. Of course, I made it out of there in one piece by the feeling of being under a microscope and hearing that cry that came across me like a bear crossed with that of a person screaming out. Perhaps, calling out to what they believe to be one of their very own. But I will never forget that day. Fast forward to my very first encounter with the Daisland Devil. A lot has happened since the kid who had a love for Bigfoot and the world of the unexplained. It was a day like any other and soon I was just attempting to clear myself from the stresses of work. I always tend to embrace nature no matter the time of day or the weather. I was alone, for the most part, and while the world around me remained silent and was alone with my thoughts. Now, as I was walking and thinking to myself about life in general, then from the corner of my eye, something stood out. The small space between the post office and a small apartment complex is that of three or so pine trees. There was no wind, and I noticed it was swaying ever so slightly, which I found to be quite odd. Perhaps it was my imagination or that of birds or another animal. What happened next is something that will forever remain with me until the day I die. What fell from the cover of the branches was that of a five-foot-tall being. I say is because it wasn't that of a person. Its body, on the other hand, was very humanoid, and just as it realized that it had been spotted, its physical appearance began to slowly morph and change. Like a chameleon attempting to blend into the wilderness. Its face was twisted and deformed in such a way that it will forever be ingrained in my mind as a cross between life and death. Before it could leave I blurted out for it to stay. I didn't feel any fear of it, and it was still within my line of vision. The Daisland Devil tilted its head ever so slightly like that of a cat attempting to make sense of what I was saying. There was something very odd about it. It looked as if something was moving about under its flesh like that of a serpent, or perhaps its real form was hidden away under a shell of sorts. Before it left, it attempted to call out to be my mimicking my voice in a very distorted fashion. As if it had no idea what I had said to it, and was just returning the gesture? There was much confusion over what I had seen, and then suddenly the sound of a truck drove by which sent the creature away. A sighting that brought about a chance encounter with the Daisland Devil. From that point forward I knew that we weren't alone within the confines of this town. If it were possible for this being to exist upon the land as the town itself, then perhaps the other cryptids that have been witnessed by others also exist. I was more puzzled and confused over what had happened, but perhaps the stories were true. That's what brought me into the world of this cryptid. It's what made me want to go out, boots on the ground, and tell the stories of those who had witnessed it. Those whose voices were silenced by this being and their accounts could be told. But in the meantime, I've been threatened with attempts with silence employing threats to silence those eyewitnesses and those in the government. But I will not stop no matter what. I am going to continue to tell these stories as a means of educating the world and knowing that we are not alone.